Hey, I'm on this series now called Amazing Grace, Lost and Found. And it is certainly about God's goodness to our life. But how many know God wants us as Christian people to take God's grace or His, uh, the message of salvation to the whole world, but to people that are all around us? And that's been the thrust of this series is I'm trying to teach Christians how to share their faith. Uh, it's a very uncomfortable thing for, for, for me, I know, particularly people I don't know or even family or friends, it's just kind of hard to talk to them sometimes about Christianity, about going to heaven and those kind of things. I want to make it easy for you today. Uh, we're we're going to give you some more handouts today, something that you can use. Actually, as a matter of fact, if you did not get this on your way in, it's a little card. I want everyone to have one of these, a little laminated card, but on one side, it's the Roman road to salvation, but the other side is new. It says, are you 100% sure? So if you didn't get that, lift your hand and the ushers will give it to you right now. But uh, it's going to be some tools this morning. We've got a skit, and uh, I'm going to teach a bit, so it's going to be a, a different type of service, but I think it will really help you do what I believe is the greatest responsibility the Bible teaches for us to be able to share our faith with other people. Uh, I hope, too, this Tuesday uh, is, an, is a, 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 an opportunity for voting. Uh, I hope you've not forgotten. I hope you're informed. Uh, both Texas and Arkansas, although there's no presidential or congressional races, Texas is voting on seven constitutional amendments. I mean, no, that's a big deal. Uh, we've got voter information in the lobby at, uh, on the uh, community impact table. Arkansas is voting on your tax rate. How many Arkansans care about your tax rate? Yeah, hey, listen, I know I do as a Texan. Uh, there's information there. But something that very much interests me is there are school board elections on the Arkansas side. Four people that are running for uh, school positions on the school board. Uh, we invited them all to come to the service today. Uh, anyone here this morning running for school board? Won't you stand up here? Want to recognize you today? Yeah, Crystal over here, Crystal Marler. <laughs> Glad you're here with us. She's going to be at the table in the back as well. Last night we were, uh, I mentioned she was in Zone 5, and she said, I don't think most people know what Zone 5 or Zone 6 is. But if you live in Arkansas, on the Arkansas side, if you'll go to that table after service, and she'll kind of clue you in. But uh, I just want to say that I'm very proud of you, of your willingness to run for office and uh, make a difference in our, our city. God bless you. Okay, Romans chapter 10, verse 13 is where we're going to start this morning. It is a profound, not only promise, but it is a profound declaration of the future. One day life as we know it won't be like it is anymore. One day our concerns won't be who's in political office. One day our concerns won't be how high the Dow will go before it falls. One day our concerns won't be should I get a flu shot or should I not. One day eternity will be in full focus. It will, we will be living in eternity and life on this earth will be over and at that point, nothing else will matter anymore. It is the spiritual element of life that will matter. Romans 10 says this promise, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, that's Jesus, everybody who asks for him for salvation will be saved. Now, saved didn't mean much to me as a kid. I was raised in church. Uh, I just thought you're more good than bad and good people go to heaven and bad people don't. Not true. This word saved is, is a word that talks about being saved from eternal damnation. It, it, it reminds us heaven and hell are real places, and God doesn't want anyone to go to hell, but those that come to judgment day with their sins on their own shoulders will face an eternity away from God. That's the wonderful news today is that Christ offers forgiveness. 
Jesus doesn't want anyone to be able to go to hell. He wants all of us to follow him, and that's what it means to be saved. But he goes on to say, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And here's the, the, the kicker. How can they hear about him unless someone tells him? Punch your neighbor and says, we are that someone. You and I, whether it's in our high school, whether it's in our office, or whether it's on our neighborhood, our street, our ball club, we're all on mission and on a mission field. And like I said this morning, I want to help you learn how to do this in a way that, uh, that you can do it. That you, don't, that you don't feel intimidated or inhibited. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm a little on the shy side. Uh, how, how many introverts in the room? Can I see your hand here? Now, you that are too ashamed or too afraid, introvert, to lift your hand, go ahead. You can do it now. It's a safe place. Uh, how many extroverts in the room? I mean, you just don't care. You're just in anybody's face anytime. We'll have a special altar call for you this week at the end of service because we know you offend many. I'm just kidding. I wish I didn't care what people think about me, but I do too much. And it sometimes hinders me from sharing my faith. Now, I'm, I, I'm particularly talking about Christians this morning. I want to help the Christian to have confidence in sharing their faith. But if you are not you know, certain about Christianity, perhaps if you're not a follower of Christ, you're going to learn something today. You're going to learn what motivates us and why we should share this great gift about how people can know Christ and be spared on Judgment Day. But I want to start out with a little testimony. He's from a member in our church. His name is David Cross. And uh, he was just out, I think, riding his bike. And uh, he uh, came to a truck stop. And it was a stranger. He didn't know him. No, no, he didn't know them. But God gave an opportunity. Someone crossed his path for a Christian witness. Listen to, to David, and I think it, it will uh, it will encourage you. Praise the Lord. Well, next week, uh, our family and friends weekend, we're going to dedicate the whole church service to helping your family and friends make steps to Christ. But this morning, I want to teach you on a personal level how to do what David did. Now, there's two elements to it when I ask the question, how do I lead someone to Christ? The first one is, what do I say to them? In other words, what, what words are important to help them understand the spiritual dynamics but before you get to that point, how do I turn the conversation towards God? Specifically, how do I turn it towards their own personal sense of need for salvation? Uh, this can happen anywhere. If you can imagine, uh, uh, duck season's coming up pretty soon. It can happen in the duck blind. 
uh, imagine that, uh, that you're out there in the duck blind, and uh, it's, it's a beautiful morning. You know, the sun's coming up, the, the little fog, little mist on the water. Uh, it's early in the fall, so the leaves are still changing colors. The birds are beautiful, and it's just a sense of God's glory and God's presence in the place. And it's already pretty clear to you that one of the guys in the blind is probably not a Christian. Uh, he has asked several times for God to damn something, and that's usually a pretty good indicator, you know. Uh, but, but, but you're just... Yeah, I knew you'd get it. Just give you just a minute. But you can just pretty much tell that it's a good opportunity. But how many know it's not just people with the foul mouth that are needing the Lord? How many know everybody needs the Lord? You can't be good enough to get to heaven. I can't do enough good things. I can't give enough. I can't buy my way into heaven. But imagine if you're talking about the sunshine and, and you, or the, the, sun, the sunrise and you're talking about how beautiful it is and you just make the comment, you say something like, isn't it amazing what God has done? Just look at the glory and the beauty that's out here. Now, whatever conversation you've had, but when you're ready to talk specifically to them, here's what I want to suggest you to say that will bring it right to the point. That's what this card's for. There's just a couple questions. This first question is, let's say his name is Jack. Hey, Jack, I want to ask you a very serious question this morning here. If you were to die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Now, it doesn't get any more pointed than that, but that's, that's the point of the conversation. If you were to die today, Jack, I pray it doesn't happen. If, some, if, if a deer hunter just accidentally shot us as we're riding out or the floor four-wheeler flipped or whatever the case is, I hope we both live long, long lives, but sooner or later we're going to die. Are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Now, he might say a lot of things. He might say, yeah. Uh, he might say, uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to. Now, here's the second question, which is super important. Jack, if we're standing before God and God were to say, why should I let you into heaven, what would you tell him? This one, friends, this second question is the most telling question. If you're standing before God in heaven and he says, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? Now, listen, if he says, well, I'm a good person. Uh, I gave to the church's coat drive. I, I gave money to the missionary one time. Those are great things, but how many know those good things won't get you to heaven? What gets you to heaven is only faith in what Christ has done, believing in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But if Jack doesn't give you the, quote, right answer is Jesus, ask him this third question. Jack, can I share with you in just a moment or two what the Bible says about going to heaven? So first, are you 100% sure? Two, what would you say to God if you're standing before him, before heaven, and three, Jack, can I share with you what the Bible says about going to heaven? Now, that's what the back of the card's for, the Romans Road. I'm not going to take time to go over it in great detail, but you can read this. This is scriptures that talk about all scriptures from the book of Romans. That's why it's the Roman Road. It reminds us we're all sinners by our nature and choice. Sin brings death. Jesus offers eternal life. God was showing his love for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. And we must receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and even a prayer that you can pray with them. So having said that, now that's a bit long. You might not take that to the duck blind, but I take these little guys with me wherever I go. And as you can see on the back, if you pull out that little card, and they might even have a picture of it on the screen, but on the back of the card is not just an invitation to church, but it asks the first question, are you 100%, yeah, there we go, are you 100% sure you're going to heaven? Of course, you're going to have to remember the second one was, is why should God let you into heaven? But here, very simply, the problem, the consequence, the solution, and decision. And if you're a little, getting a little older like me and your memory's not as sharp as it was, here it is. All of us have sinned. The judgment in hell is real. 
Jesus died for our sins, and we must turn from our sin and ask Christ to be the Lord of our life. It is life-changing. Now, having shared that with and I take these with me wherever I go. I mean, if I go to the laundromat, if I go to the grocery store, if I go to the doctor's office, wherever I am, I've always got one, and I always leave a card and say, hey, I want to give you an invitation to my church. I think you'd really like it. God bless you, and have a good day. See, not only do they hear about Church on the Rock, but their path to Jesus. And you know what? A Gideon gave me a Bible, and in the back of that Gideon's Bible, it had this expanded version of the Roman road just like that. And I signed my name in that little Gideon Bible, August 15th, 1976. God's Word works. So with that little background, we're going to share a skit with you. We're going to take you into a coffee shop. If you can imagine, we're going to Starbucks, and you're going to see how witnessing works. And as they're setting up the stage, let me just encourage you to take a peek at this video. This video will show us how not to witness. So it's a little funny, a little stupid, but uh, they're going to set up, and I think you'll like it. job and it's it's bad business. Oh my gosh, are yeah. you a lifter? I am. I'm going in tomorrow for my final physical. 
but it happened in church. Well, no, I'll be praying for you. And your drink should be out now, too. Oh, yeah, thank you. Hey, uh, couldn't help it over here, but it uh, looks like you had a little brothel accident. Is that what you are doing? I'm going to that end right now. And then were you also saying somebody you, you're going to go, go to the doctor tomorrow, see if it's surgery or something? God's answer a lot of prayer in our lives. You mind if I pray for you? Absolutely. Sit down real quick. Yeah, right here. Father, I just pray. Uh, what's your name again? My name's Ethan. Ethan. Father, I pray for Ethan. I just believe you have a plan for his life and thank you for him getting injured worse. But Lord, we're just praying uh, for favor when he goes to the doctor. It'll be a good report and you'll help him through this, uh, even with the finances of it. He'll, he won't be off work for very long. And Lord, we just want to thank you. ask a personal question? Sure. Are you 100% sure he died from COVID? You know, when I think back, it was not. Can I tell you what the Bible says? Yeah. And it says we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. You ever sin? Yes. I've, I've, I've sinned too. But the Bible says the wages of our sin is death. That means God has to pay us a wage. It's just like you're working on your job. If they don't pay you at the end of the week, you can take them to court and sue them because they have to pay you a wage. Well, God has to pay us a wage for our sin, and that's separation from him to a place called hell. But there's good news for that problem is that Jesus died on the cross. As a matter of fact, it says God demonstrated his love while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That means, um, you know, while we're messing up, God died for us. We don't have to so much get right to get God. We just got to invite him into our life. And I knew a lot of that through Sunday school. Like, I'm, you know, we're in the Bible Belt here. You probably knew a lot of those things. But the last thing I really wasn't, hadn't heard before is I have to ask him into my life. And I need to confess Jesus as Lord and turn away from my life and just be willing to follow him. And, you know, I said a prayer April 14th, 1984. I'm telling you, my life has changed since then. Thank you. Is there any reason you wouldn't want to say a prayer like that today? Sure. You go ahead and pray? Okay. And, he, again, you don't, it's not so much, uh, uh, you know, I had kind of a hard time praying and not sure, but I just repeated the prayer after him, so it doesn't, so much matter the words, but just the attitude of your heart. Can you just repeat after me and I'll repeat this after you. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I thank you. Thank you. For dying on the cross for me. For dying on the cross for me. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to come into my life. Forgive my sins. Forgive my sins. And help me to follow you. And help me to follow you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. important thing is, this is about a relationship, okay, so that means read this Bible. Do you have a Bible? I do have a Bible. I've seen it forever, you know. Okay, just start reading. Start in the book of John. It's God's love letter to you, and it'll tell you, you know, how to be successful in this life, and also start praying, and that's just, like, we're talking. Just start talking to God. Tell him your problems. Tell him, you know, thank you for what you have, and another thing you can do that's really good is get in a church. We have other believers that be encouraged and blessed. Do you have a church anywhere? Sure. Well, I'm going to give you an in invitation to our church. And it's just right down the road. And, and there's that little prayer we pray right on the back and just tells what you did. And I'm going to tell you, your life's never going to be the same. Remember this day, all right, Ethan? Thank you so much. Hey, Bill, do you have that sugar-free non-fat caramel macchiato with skinny milk at 106 degrees and three shots of espresso, no whip and no sugar cane? Uh, how
how's it been going? I know it's been a been a while since we've got an opportunity to catch up. Yeah, man, it's uh, yeah, it's it's going all right, I guess. Yeah, you seem a little <laughs> unsure. You you kind of seem a little down, man. What's been going on? I mean, uh, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, about a month ago, I lost my job. Yeah. I had my job for about a month. It's all, it's all good. Have you have you put in applications and stuff around town? Nothing's worked out, I guess. I mean, yeah, I put in a bunch of applications. I've even, you know, I've even put in an application here. <laughs> but, uh, you know, not, nothing's come up yet. Nobody's responded or whatever. So I'm just uh, working on keeping my head above water. Really? Well, <laughs> man, what do you what do you what are you gonna do next? <sighs> Honestly, I have no idea what I'm gonna do next. Well, man, I I, I just think it's kind of funny. You know, the last couple weeks, man, you've just kind of been on my heart, and uh, I mean, I know it's been several months since we've even really talked, but. Uh, man, I wanted to get coffee and just kind of see what was going on. I, man, I've been praying for you and thinking about you. And, uh, you know, several years ago, I actually lost my job. And I, I think I kind of went through a similar situation, and I was putting in applications. Nothing was really working out. But, man, I just started praying that God would uh, line up the right job and everything would work out. And, uh, man, after I really started praying about it, man, just a week later, uh, I, I got a, a, an awesome job. I'm still there. I've been there several years now. But for me, I finally kind of had a peace in my heart that God was in control. Right. You know what I mean? So, man, it, it, is this whole situation, is this something that you've been praying about? You know, or you just kind of been going with the flow? I mean, uh, like I said, I've done a lot of work like trying to get jobs. But like I've done a lot of thinking about it until I actually got my job off the board. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't guess I've prayed about it much, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I know this is a pretty big situation. I mean— other big things that pop up in your life, do you do you pray about those? Do you, do you ever pray at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've prayed before. Yeah, I've prayed uh, several times before, but uh, you know, I don't make like a habit out of it. Right. I mean, it's just not something that comes <laughs> to my mind all the time. Yeah. Well, man, can I can I ask you a personal question? Yeah, sure. Well, you know, really, if you kind of examined your life and everything that you you you've got going on, um, man, at the end of the day, do you think you really have like a relationship with Jesus? I mean, you know, I've, like, you know, I grew, I grew up in church and all that, but, uh, so I know about God, but I don't, I don't know that I'd say relationship is what the word goes. Yeah. Well, man, I know that several years ago, I, I kind of gave my life to the Lord, and, and when I did, it doesn't make you immune to, uh, you know, bad things that happen in our lives, like losing a job or, or a family member, but it gives us a hope to hold on to. Like, despite what we go through, it gives us something to cling to and know that, that God's in control. And, uh, man, I, I feel like maybe you've kind of reached the end of what you can do in this whole job hunt. And, man, is this something that, uh, that maybe you'd like to pray about today, not only for the job, but also to put your faith and your hope in Jesus? I mean, like you said, like, I've done, I've done what I can. Man, I know that uh, here recently our church has actually been handing out these little invite cards. And uh, one, it not only kind of invites people to our church, but on the back, it just kind of breaks down uh, really what I'm talking about. And it, it's got four words, and it, and it just says there's there's a problem, and it's that we've all sinned. I know right. that I've sinned. I, I, everyone has sinned. So that's the problem, and the consequence for our sin is for us to be away from God for eternity. And I know that's like pretty heavy conversation, but like it's a real thing. Uh, so there's a problem, there's a consequence, but Jesus was like the solution for that consequence. So he came, he redeemed us, he died on the on the cross, and if you've ever been to church, you've heard that, 
but he was the solution so we could be in right relationship with God. And then lastly, I think all that stuff is kind of packaged almost like a, a, you know, a gift you would get at Christmas. And you don't really get to use the gift until you make a decision to open it. And, and today, man, that, that's the big decision that we all have. I made that decision several years ago. And, and if that's something that, that you want to do, man, we can, we can pray together. And like I said, we can, we can place our, all of our hope in Jesus. Is that something you want to do today? Man, let's uh, let's pray, and it's not so much about the prayers, but really just our hearts connecting with God. So, man, I'll say a prayer, and you just repeat it after me. How's okay. that sound? That works for me. So, so Lord, Lord, we just thank you today. We just thank you today. We thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. We thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. And we thank you that we get to live whole in you today. And we thank you that we get to live whole in you today. We believe that you rose again. We believe that you rose again and that we live in freedom today and that we live in freedom today. We commit our lives to you. We commit our lives to you. And we thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Scene two. I would just kind of frame this morning, God give me opportunity, and when I saw that sling, I thought, man, maybe this is the door I need to knock on, and, and I was just surprised how receptive he was. Yeah, I just get so scared, and I just feel like people are going to be offended, or they're just, they're going to bring that judgment in, and that's just not how we do it at all. I just, you know, fear just helps me keep doing it. I mean, I hadn't done this in a long time, but our pastor was kind of teaching us a few things, and I decided I'm just going to step out and, and trust God, but I'd love to tell you about it sometime, kind of teach you how. I'm about to take my grades this year, man. Thank you. Let's go for it. You know, I kind of, one thing, it's, you just remember it's as easy as ABC, admit, believe, and confess. So if you can just ask that question, what, how does that fit into our relationship? Yeah. It says, are you 100% sure? That's the question. If you can just get to that, and, and what I was praying for was a door, and I saw that sling, and I kind of heard, so I was looking and listening, and I thought, okay, I'm just going to see if I can get there, and. And I went ahead and said, you know, are you 100% sure? And then he said no. So I just went ahead and explained uh, his Romans road here and kind of, you know, about Jesus dying on the cross and raising the sinner's death and so things we know. So I just kind of had to step out. And, you know, if he would have said, well, maybe I do more good than bad, then I thought, well, is he really a Christian? Does he have a personal relationship? And then you ask, hey, if you were standing before God today and he said, why should I let you into my heart? You can usually tell that. And then I just asked, hey, could I have an opportunity to show what the Bible says? And again, it's just that ABC. Matter of fact, I think it's I think it's on one of our cards. I can give you one of these. You know, there's a problem, consequence, solution, and decision. That's kind of the Romans road. But basically, they just need to know they're a sinner and uh, that they need salvation and that there is judgment. So I just hit a couple of those little things. But the whole time, I was trusting God. And, you know, the, the powerful thing, I've always, I know you're a Christian because I always see you blessing yeah. people, praying to pray for people. But sometimes you just got to step out. And you have a story you want to share. Yeah. And that's the most powerful thing is just letting God do that. You know, I was just kind of thinking about this this morning after my last sermon pastor was just kind of talking about it and taking the time to talk to me about it. Um, and I was just kind of like, I don't know if I should share this, but I'm going to share it. Amen. 
forget that ABC. Yeah. Not just for them and get Philippians 4. Yeah. But when we get up, when I get up in the morning, I'm, A is I'm asking God to open the door. Yeah. And so that means, and yesterday I kind of knocked on a few doors, but they didn't really open, so I just kind of went on. Yeah. And then the V was build a bridge. As a matter of fact, my friend Zach called just a little bit ago and said that he led one of his friends to Christ. Wow. And it was a friend he'd known, that, but he'd been building a bridge. Yeah. You know, and it's a relationship. But he finally realized when that guy went through a tough time, hey, i got to trust God that I can get across this bridge and just ask that question. And then the C in ABC is I'm constantly asking God to open a door, constantly listening, constantly praying, and believing God will give me an opportunity. Yeah. So, hey, I'll give you these little things, mm-hmm. and maybe we meet again. But here's the thing. Do it while you're thinking about it. Yeah. Today or tomorrow, yeah. just ask God for somebody you can pray for. Yeah, definitely empowered to reach out. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Amen. <laughs> Give a big hand. They did a great job. Hey, let me take the last couple of minutes and, and help you in your witness for Christ. Uh, you say, well, does it really matter, Pastor? All I can tell you is this, friend, when Christ touches your life, it's not just about salvation, which is ultimately important, but you become a better person. When you genuinely submit your life to Christ, you become a better husband, a better father, you become a better politician. Imagine if someone had shared the faith with a man several days ago that went through the streets of New York City riding in a bike lane in a car and he mowed over seven or eight people and killed them, wounded many others in the name of his God. He shouted, Allah Akbar. I'm sure you, I can assure you he went to a Starbucks somewhere. He was hanging out. What if a Christian had crossed his path? How about our own newspaper? Virtually every day I read my Texarkana Gazette. Somebody has murdered someone. Come on, you know it. Child abuse, child molestation. Somebody's embezzled money. Somebody's stolen. Listen, what would happen if your path or my path had crossed someone before they end up in the Texarkana Gazette? Now listen, I know some of the people in the Gazette are Christian people, but listen, you can grow out of your sin. Saying a prayer to commit your life to Christ doesn't make all the bad things go away, but I can tell you this, I don't do the things I used to do anymore, and it's not because I'm your pastor, it's because I'm a Christian, and I've been following a Jesus, and I've walked through the things used to control my life. Come on, give the Lord a good, a good hand there. Let me go real quickly and give you a few thoughts here about being a witness for Christ. Acts 1.8, of course, Jesus told us that we would receive power when the Holy Spirit came on us and we would be His what? His witnesses. Witnesses share and they tell what they know. Acts 17, let's look there quickly. The first thing I'll tell you is a witness for Christ connects with people where they are. And the word here is common ground. I'm looking for common ground. Acts 17, verse 22, Paul, the apostle, he's standing in the midst of the Areopagus, which is basically the the meeting place. Uh, uh, It's the city hall of the city of Athens. It is the place where all the judicial issues were settled. It was the, not only that, it was a, a huge debate place. Uh, They were philosophers, uh, you know, a lot of what we're taught today that's the basis of our Western culture, a lot of it is, you know, from Plato, from Aristotle. Well, this all centers around the Greek thinking and the Greek thought. So these were great debaters of their day. So Paul walks into this place, and he's trying to found common ground to share Christ. He said, I perceive that in every way you're very religious. So he's standing in the crowd, 
telling the religious, he said, as I passed along, I observed objects of your worship. I found an altar with a subscription or inscription to the unknown God. And what therefore you worship is unknown, this God I proclaim to you. So his common ground as he was walking, wanting to share Christ, his common ground was an altar to an unknown God. Now, in their world, they were polytheistic. They believed in many gods. And just to make sure they didn't miss one, they put one with nobody's name on it. In essence, you know, just in case you're real and you're out there, and they'd sacrifice to it and all, well, he saw that as a chance to go from there to tell them who the one true God was. Well, how about an application for common ground? Let's say uh, you go to the movie, you go see this latest Batman movie, and uh, Batman, they tell me at the end of it, dies to save the city. Everybody say, thank you, Batman. So he dies to save the city. Well, anyway, you're out and you do the thing that uh, uh, lots of folks do. After the movie, you go to Coldstone, and you're there, and lo and behold, by chance, co- a divine coincidence, you see somebody in Coldstone that you saw in the movie. And you say, hey, I think I saw you in the Batman movie. Yeah, and you're getting your ice cream, you know, at the counter there. And you get it, and before you know it, you're sitting down talking. What did you think about the movie? Oh, man, it was great. I think it was the best Batman movie. No, I like the one before this. Well, what did you think about the scene when Batman supposedly died for the city? Oh, man, great sacrifice. Listen, nobody likes to think about dying, and Batman's made up, but Batman's not real But one day, you and I are going to be killed. One day, we're going to die. One day, our life is going to be over here. I want to ask you a question. If you died today, come on, are you 100% sure that you'd go to be with the Lord? Sure. Let me give you another example as a witness. A, A witness for Christ is bold. Now, this definition of boldness may surprise you. Ephesians 6, 19, Paul said, pray for me, this great apostle, so when I speak, God will give me words... So I can tell the secret of the good news without fear. That God would give me words so I can share the good news without fear. Or the ESV says, boldly proclaim the gospel. Listen, he was, what Paul is saying is he said, it's a little bit of a struggle for me sometimes. Just like our friend David Cross in the earlier video, the motorcycle guy. What did he say? I didn't want to talk to her at the truck stop. I didn't know her. She'd have probably thought I was picking her up or something or hitting on her, whatever the case is. But I I was not comfortable doing it. But you know what he said? I did it anyway. I did it anyway. Dave's here today. Come on, give Dave a big hand. Come on, stand up there. Yeah, come on. Let's embarrass you a minute. Stand up. Stand up. Come on now. God bless you, brother. We're proud of you. Well, see, he didn't even want to stand up just now. But there's a little bit of, you know, fear, angst. It's just out there trying to stop us. You know what boldness is? It's doing it anyway. Boldness is not letting your fear stop you. It doesn't mean that you're shaking it on the inside. Boldness means that you just do it. And that's something we have to do. Let me give you a third one. A witness for Christ is informed. That is, you and I must be able to give an intelligent answer for our faith. Peter said this, 1 Peter 3.15. He said, always be prepared Always to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give you the reason for the hope that you have. And then our attitude, do this with gentleness and respect. But what he's talking about is an intelligent answer for the questions people are asking today. We call it in Christianity apologetics. It means the practice of defending or proving our faith. 
defending or proving truth with facts and reason and, and, and arguments of the day. It, it's not enough just to tell people the Bible says. Because a lot of people don't believe the Bible today. How many know that? It used to be the cornerstone of our country and our society, but it's not any longer. A lot of people don't believe the Bible is God's Word, and a lot of people don't even believe God exists. Our education system has raised several generations now. Most millennials are ceasing to say they are believers or they believe in God or they are religious. They're calling themselves agnostic or atheist, and it's the product, by and large, of a secular uh, education system and the failure of the church. But friends, you and I have got to be able to have intelligent answers so we can converse with people. Now listen, if they're going to talk, the beginning place, I don't, care, I don't care who you are. You can be the most brilliant atheist in the world. You can be a Stephen Hawking, but you have a starting place for what you understand and know. And their starting place is there is no God. There is a big bang and poof, everything came into existence. Well, how about you just know enough about the big bang to say, what caused the big bang? What was there before the Big Bang? And the starting place in your kid's science textbook is a little amoeba on this dark planet, a little single-cell organism wiggles around a little bit and bumps up to a next single-cell organism. And before you know it, there's multiple organisms. And then we're crawling out of the mud and then we're developing wings, flying, turning into monkeys, jumping in trees, and finally becoming who you and I are. If we just take a little matter in time and stir it up for a couple billion years, poofs out, pops people. That, that, that's what they're saying. And we don't have a lot of time to talk further, but you can go into... Listen, there are people that have a far superior intellect than I do, but if your starting place is there is no God, it all makes sense after that, the superstructure of knowledge that they build. You and I have to be able to go back and talk about the existence of people. Come on now. You have to be able to shoot some holes in some things. Peter says, be informed to give a witness. The fourth thing I want to tell you is our witness for Christ relies on the power of prayer. This is not just an intellectual argument. It's not just giving someone a card and saying words. You can say Christian words, but only be inoculated with religion and think you got it. It's spiritual, this dynamic of conversion. Colossians 4, listen to this about the place of prayer, verse 3. Paul said, pray for us, number one, that God will give us opportunity to tell people his message. Not a bad way to wake up in the morning. The Lord's prayer, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in my life today. Give me opportunity to share the gospel. Notice what he says the second sentence. Pray so we can preach the secret that God has made known about Christ. The second time, pray that my words will make sense to people. The third time, pray so I can speak in a way that will make it clear as I should. So what Paul is saying is it's not just my education, you know, it's not just Bible school, it's not just theology, but you've got to pray for me that doors were open, and when the doors open that God gives me the words and God helps them understand the words. Because the conversion of a human soul, listen, is not just an intellectual argument. It is when God touches our hearts. You understand it. And, and, and for the first time in our life, we believe, and our belief causes us to act as we turn to Christ. It's spiritual, and it demands prayer. The last thing I'll tell you this morning, the fifth thing, is a witness for Christ always leaves a blessing. Now, here's what I mean by that. 
the context here, Psalm 129, uh, there were people that hated the Jewish people. They would persecute them. They would uh, treat them with disdain, take advantage of them. And the Jews had this practice of blessing one another. You remember the ironic blessing, you know, when, when they would leave, Aaron and the priest would say this blessing, you know, that the Lord would bless you and prosper you, make his face shine on you. Well, now, this passage, we have to read it in the context of they're wanting to withhold the blessing from these people that are hurting them. But there's a lesson here. Psalm 129, 8, may those who pass by refuse to give this blessing. In other words, I'm not going to bless you. I know Jesus said, of course, New Testament, Jesus said, be kind to your enemies, but I don't want kindness. I'm just being honest today. But notice the substance of it. His blessing was, the Lord bless you, we bless you in the Lord's name. So the implication was, there was a confident belief that when we would speak these words, God bless you. That it somehow connected that person to God, to God's goodness, His kindness, and His blessing. I do this virtually every person I talk to. I was speaking to someone that I didn't know on the phone Friday about Rebecca and a college she'd applied for and financial aid. And the lady was very, very helpful. And I, I thanked her for her time. I thanked her for the scholarship they were giving her. And I said, listen, God bless you and have a great day today. I, I, if I go by the gas station and, and, and I, I put my money, I put my credit card through and you're in their gas, you're ready to go. But it says, see attendant. How many know that can destroy your whole day? It can wipe you out. It can turn your praise the Lord into what the heck is going on. I go, I go in there last Friday, and I said, I need to get a receipt. It didn't print out. Nobody's in the store but me. Nobody's at the pump. She said, what number? I said, I don't know what number. There's only four options out there. Surely it's on your machine. But I didn't say that. I said, just a minute. I said, it's number one. She prints it out. I said, thank you, and... Now, look, if you tell her what you really thought about it, it really wouldn't do any good. But just the mention of his name. Our culture is doing everything it can to wipe God off the planet. Freedom from Religion Foundation, atheists, government officials, they want to remove Jesus, his name, his picture, any semblance of Christianity. There's even schools that can't have green and red Christmas decorations. Because it reminds people of Jesus or they're going to get rid of him. God bless you, friend. You never know what it might do. I'll close with this. The power of my testimony. See, here's the deal. I may not be able... I, I, I come across people all the time that intimidate me intellectually. They know more than I do about so many things. But they can never take away the power of my testimony. John 9, 24. A miracle had happened in the Bible. Jesus healed a blind man. Second time, the Jewish, the Pharisees, they, they didn't like it. They summoned the man who had been blind, and they said, Give glory to God by telling the truth. And they said, We know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. And this guy said, Hey, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind. Nobody can argue with that. See, if you're a witness in court, that judge and those lawyers, they don't know what you want to, they, they don't care what you think about the sentencing process. They don't care what you think about the fact that it was unfair, that the light wasn't, didn't last longer, or that this is a good, all they want to know is the facts. All that attorney wants to know is, sir, were you driving your car down state line at approximately 4.50 on Friday afternoon? Uh, yes, I was. Uh, d d were you stopped at the stoplight, you know, at the corner of state line and whatever? Uh, yes, I was. 
Did you see the oncoming car coming? It was a green, green Chevrolet Malibu coming. Uh, I did. Uh, did you? Well, but, I, but this is a really nice guy. You know, he goes to church with me, and I don't think you guys need to be so hard on him. He's having a real hard time, and he's working two jobs. The judge says, it's not your place. You be quiet. You just answer the questions. That's all a witness is supposed to do. Tell what you know. My testimony is whoever I'm talking to. You know, I said I was 19, and everything looked great on the outside. I mean, I, I was going to college. I was on a scholarship. I had a new car. I had beer in the back. I mean, everything. I had friends. But something was missing on the inside of my life. I'd never yet experienced it before. Something that my intellectual pursuits didn't help with, money didn't help with, friends, girls, booze, none of that helped with it. And a man told me that Jesus would change my life if I would ask him for forgiveness and start following after him. You know, I was raised in church, but it didn't do any good. But that touched my heart that day. And on August 15, 1976, I asked Christ to come into my life. And can I tell you, it's been the best decision I've ever made in my life. Now listen, we can argue philosophy and religion, but you can't argue the fact that 40 years ago, come on, there was a turnaround in my life. And there's a turnaround in yours. Your testimony has power. Come on, give the Lord a, a good hand today. I want to close with prayer, but I want to read this to you because I want to encourage you to, to, to be a doer of what you heard today. You can do this. You can do this. I got this text message this morning. It was from a church member that was here last night. Her name's Donna, and she said, We went to church last night because I had to take my daughter back to town. Uh, her ex-boyfriend walks over to church from where he was living and caught the end of the service. Well, it was parents' night out, and uh, we left uh, uh, my grandson, so I took the uh, rest of the adults out to eat barbecue. Well, I got to hand out church invites to Naaman's employees because they heard us talking about parents' night out, and I led my daughter's ex-boyfriend to surrender his life to Christ. God is so good. So, listen, all of us have the potential and the power to share the good news that Jesus is alive that he loves us and he has a brand new way for our life if we'll give him a chance. Come on, give him one more praise today. He's worthy. Why don't you stand to your feet and we're going to close in prayer. Listen, honored to have you this morning. Next week, we're going to have friends and family weekend. And if, you, if you'll do your best to get some of your family and friends here, we'll do our best to make the gospel clear to them so they can take a step to Christ. But could we just pray just a moment? And I... I just want to pause and just ask you, I wonder what the Holy Spirit may be saying to you. How long has it been? Hang on just a second on the music. How long has it been since you shared your faith? How long has it been since you took a moment to go to someone and say, can I pray for you? If you're like me, life is too busy and I get settled in my routines and I tend to perhaps miss some of those chance meetings at the gas pump that David had. Whether it's at the gas pump or the duck blind or in the office, Lord, I want to ask you to help me be a better witness for you. We sang about amazing grace when we started today, about how kind you've been to us. How selfish we are if we withhold your kindness from others. 
Lord, I don't know about the rest of my friends today, but I, I don't want to have a line of excuses. I want to have knocked on the door of a lot of hearts and say, Jesus loves you. Welcome, Holy Spirit, today. Come on, just reach out to heaven just a moment with me and just ask the Lord. Say, Lord, help me. Help me to take a little time and go over what I heard today. And then help me, Lord, have the boldness, the choice to step out, Lord, when that I feel in my heart you've opened a door. And Lord, together as a church family, might we see literally millions of people in Texarkana area, United States, and around the world make steps to Jesus. In Jesus' name. Hey, let's close with one last prayer and then off to the restaurant or off, off for lunch. If you're here today and you want prayer this morning for anything, we'd be delighted to pray with you. Maybe something in this message might have touched you. Or maybe, who knows what it may be. Maybe, maybe you're like me, a little on the shire side, never shared your faith, but you want to pray that God will help you get over that. Listen, we'll pray about anything. Maybe you have a family member or a friend you want to invite and see if you can get them to come to church and hear the gospel. We'll, we'll pray about that. But the most important thing we'd pray with these last few minutes is your own personal relationship with God. Because I've got to ask you before you go, if you died today, are you 100% sure that you'd go to heaven? Nobody likes to think about it. We whistle when we go past the graveyard, but it's a reality, friend, in front of all of us. See, what Jesus Christ came to this earth to do and died on a cross like the one on our right, he realized there was a problem that sin had separated us from God and sin would wreak ultimate havoc in our life on judgment day. But God wanted to provide a way out, and that's why Jesus Christ died. He, it's like you owed money for a car or a house, and the repo man's about to come and take your car away. Somebody walks up and pays a check, and that guy writes the receipt paid in full. Somebody else has paid the money you owed. You keep the car. You live the life. That's what Jesus did. He paid a debt he didn't owe for a price we couldn't afford. But you see, he's done his part. Now the Bible says we must receive him as our Lord and Savior. And maybe that's what you need today. You need God's forgiveness, but you want to come and step across that line and give your life to Christ and follow Him. If that's you, friend, or perhaps you've gotten away from God and you want to come back today, is if we begin to sing this last song, if you just slip out of your chair and meet someone by the cross, they'll pray for you. It'll be the biggest decision you've ever made, and I promise you, you'll never regret it. Go ahead and begin to sing, Pastor Nick. Our prayer team is making their way to the front. They're here. They'll pray with you about anything. But if you feel that draw to let someone pray with you about your relationship with God, we'll see you at the cross. Don't let anything stand in your way. I love you and thanks for coming.